Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Um, I was raised in a home where God's Word was central to our daily life. Um, it was our normal practice to um, have a time of worship together as a family after dinner every evening, where my dad would um, read the Bible to us, and we would pray together. Um, and I personally don't remember a time that I didn't um, know the Lord Jesus and love him and want to obey him. Um, and then just reading and memorizing God's word was kind of expected of us kids, um, both at home and in school. And so thanks to my parents' faithfulness, I um, had a childhood that was saturated with God's word. And God also really blessed me with examples of men and women who made decisions based on God's word that were countercultural and um, often looked really foolish to the world. To the world. Um, I can truly say with a psalmist, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. And I'm grateful for the inheritance that God's given to me and for the power of God's word to change me and truly make me more like Christ. And in the past several years, one of the particular means that he's been using to grow me and to change me is more regular times of meditation on his word. Um, In my life, I can kind of see three different kinds of meditation that I go through and that he changes me with. And the first is meditating on God's word to change my heart. And sometimes for me, this meditation looks like an argument with God um, where I'm really fighting with my sin nature um, to believe deep in my heart something that I absolutely know to be true with my mind. Um, and but, but I find that my emotions don't line up with that. And so I have to remind myself over and over, um, asking God to change my heart to believe what I say I believe. And it's kind of this, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief type of meditation. Um, A while ago, I walked through a significant trial with loneliness. And I remember this kind of meditation vividly where I I said over and over to, to the Lord, I know you are enough. And then it was a real fight and a real struggle with myself to not say but, because I wanted so badly, I guess, to tell him how he wasn't enough. Um, Psalm 62 says, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. And I knew in my mind that he was enough, and I wanted to believe that he was enough. But at that time, he didn't seem like enough. I I felt shaken inside. And there were times during that trial where I just poured out my heart to God. Um, Psalm 62 also says, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And sometimes I was doing that, and sometimes I would think I was just complaining to God. Um, But God kept bringing his words to mind, and I continued to fight to believe them, and eventually God did bring me peace in this area. Um, Kind of a second type of meditation would be um, 
just a reminder of God's love or encouragement. Um, I really struggle to remember that God loves me sometimes. Um, for example, when I struggle with guilt or fear of God's judgment, um, I remember Psalm 103. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And the truth of Psalm 103 isn't something that my heart can comprehend simply by reading it over once or twice. And as I spend time with the psalm, I understand more fully his forgiveness. And the Holy Spirit comforts my heart, and I do begin to know God better. And I'm encouraged and refreshed with this reminder of God's love and forgiveness. Um, sometimes I struggle with anxiety or fear. Um, psalm 56 says, when I am af afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. And so the psalmist starts with, when I'm afraid, and there's no judgment or condemnation, but there's a solution, right? Trust in God, and then there's a promise, and then I will not be afraid. Um, a third way that God has used meditation um, to change me is it changes our actions as, as we believe it in our minds and we get it into our hearts and we're comforted with God's love. Our actions will change and be conformed. Um, so here are just a few of the scripture passages that God's used um, specifically as we've set goals. Mark and I have set goals and tried to prioritize things for our family. Deuteronomy 6, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. And Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. We desire to take every thought captive to the Lord Jesus Christ, being filled with the knowledge of God in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, bearing every good, bearing fruit in every good work. And we want to make courageous decisions based on the word of God, not our personal comfort or what we think we can handle, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewal of our minds. And to do this, we just always have to keep God's word before us, thinking on it continually. Um, Isaiah 55 promises that, um, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. When I was a senior in high school, I heard about the freshman 15, the belief that everyone gains 15 pounds in their first year of college. Even though I've always been tall and thin, I became bound and determined not 
to let the freshman 15 happen to me. It wasn't until many years later that I realized my obsession with exercise and food stemmed from a desire to control my circumstances, ultimately taking the place of God in my life. This self-focus only compounded the problem. I could tell you so many details from those four plus years of my life that would make you wonder how I could let things get that far. Suffice it to say, at 79 pounds, laying in bed at night, praying my heart wouldn't stop, I felt hopeless and helpless that I would ever be free from the bondage of anorexia. I had standards for myself to which even God doesn't hold me. Even though I saved at a young age, Satan had weaseled his way in and fed me lies about my body, my worth, and my God. Ultimately, my actions were saying, God, I don't like what you created. I'm going to take matters into my own hands now. Jerry Bridges puts it this way. If I have difficulty accepting myself the way God made me, then I have a controversy with God. Therefore, I do not say we need to accept ourselves as we are, but as God made us in our basic physical, mental, and emotional makeup. It wasn't until a girl in my dorm came to me my senior year and said, if you don't go to someone for help, I'm going to find help for you, that I actually reached out for help. Praise the Lord, I went to a Christian university that had Christian counselors on campus. I went to counseling every week for my entire senior year, and while I didn't gain a single ounce, God began his work in my heart, chiseling away the lies I had believed. After graduation, I moved back to my hometown and worked at my home church in the youth and missions departments. Praise the Lord again for my pastor who recognized early on that I needed help. I experienced firsthand church discipline, and I thank God for it. To continue working at my church, I was held accountable and cared for spiritually through receiving biblical counseling, which my church covered the cost for, and even physically cared for through committing not to exercise until I was medically cleared and weighed weekly by a certified nurse. I had hit the lowest of lows, but I was finally at a place where I knew I needed help. And y'all, God is faithful. He did a miraculous work in my heart and my body. For the first time, I truly understood grace. God had every right to smite me off the face of the earth for what I was doing to my body, his temple, and yet he lovingly poured into me through my counselor, my church family, and faithful friends and family. Too many people in today's culture call eating disorders a disease. That's simply not true. Disordered eating is a sin a desire to control, sometimes a desire for perfection, and always a focus on self rather than God. I can confidently say from firsthand experience that the only way to true freedom is found in Jesus Christ, not in a 12-step program or a nutrition plan. I'm nowhere near perfect. I still have days where my mind is skewed and I don't see my body clearly. But as I quoted at the beginning, true beauty is beholding and reflecting the beauty of God, and he is at work in my life, giving me a desire for true beauty. So instead of obsessing over food and exercise, I can now enjoy them as a gift from God. Instead of finding my sense of beauty in my, the size of my jeans, I now delight that my worth is found in Christ. Instead of focusing on my own perfection, I can dwell on the perfections of God. Instead of seeking to impress the world with my beauty, I now seek to display God's beauty to the world. I'll leave you with the verses that spoke to my heart during those days of fighting my flesh to allow God to overcome my eating disorder. Isaiah 43, 18-19 says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I'm so thankful we serve a God who doesn't leave us in our sinful and weak understanding of beauty, but who delights in giving us new experiences and understanding of his grace and beauty. Hi everyone. I hope you all are doing well tonight. Okay, here we go.
I am going to start with a few words from the Bible as a prayer and an encouragement. This is from Isaiah 51. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies? Of the son of man who is made like grass. And have you forgotten the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth? And I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand. Dear sweet Lord, you are so big beyond our wildest imaginations and yet so tender in your care for us. May you be our fear. A few days before Bethany asked me to do this talk, I had read Isaiah 32 and verse 4 stuck out to me. It says, The eyes of those who see will not be closed, and the tongue of the stammerers will hasten to speak distinctly. This is my prayer, that I will be able to speak distinctly. You see, as a child, I had an abusive upbringing from my dad, and that took away my voice. Because of that, speaking out and putting my thoughts into words has been a huge struggle in my life. But we are called to fear God, not man, as Isaiah says. And we are called to speak, to speak truth into each other's lives. And what we are called to do, God gives us the grace to do. Even if it takes years of healing and growth to get there. I had a rough childhood, but God had his hand on me. About 20 years ago during a prayer time, he gave me the following picture. One day in heaven, he said, hey guys, come here. You see that scrawny, dirty, half-forgotten little girl down there? She is going to be mine. I have not forgotten her. She is written in my book. Psalm 139 tells us, In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. I grew up knowing about God and Jesus. For a short time in my early grade school years, my family attended the Catholic Student Center in Austin, Texas. I heard some of his words of truth there, and even though I did not understand all of them, they stuck with me. In my late high school years, we started going to a charismatic Catholic church. That is when God started wooing me. 
He was so kind and gentle that I could not resist him. He adopted me into his family, and for the first time in my life, I felt like I belonged to someone. I had a real family. The joy that filled my heart at the thought of belonging to him is indescribable. I felt so special. I became a part of something that was so much bigger than me. Fast forward a few years, I married Michael. God, in his loving kindness, gave me a husband that was outgoing and could talk to anyone. I hung out in his shadow for the first part of our marriage and was very comfortable there. God also poured out his abundant grace on me, allowing me to be a good mother and have sweet relationships with my children. This was a gift beyond anything I could imagine. And it came from my real father, my heavenly father, my perfect father. While I was a mother raising children, God first taught me to speak truth into other lives, a training ground where he would call me next. As our kids got older, Michael encouraged me to meet with young ladies in our church. The Lord was calling me out of my husband's shadow, but I felt I had nothing to offer them. What would I talk about? Then I realized, I'm sure this was a revelation from the Lord, that I could speak of my sweet Lord and how faithful he had been to me. So the journey began, slowly at first, awkward at times, but he was teaching and healing me all through the process. I learned I did not have to have all the answers. I just had to point to God's truth. Psalm 139 tells us that he hems us in behind and before, and he lays his hands on us. I shared with the young ladies how the Lord had done this with me. In all the trials I had to walk through, He was always with me. With time, I was getting comfortable with speaking truth in one-on-one meetings, but larger gatherings like small group and prayer meetings were, were still very hard for me. It would take more healing before I felt able to do that. Healing came through Michael's encouragement counseling, prayer, and studying his word. Several years ago, I was going through a particularly hard time and felt at a loss. I didn't know how to navigate through it. So I decided I would bury myself in the word. The Lord gave me such a longing for his word, I could not get enough. 
I wanted it to fill my heart to the point of overflowing to where it spilled out into every part of my life. Along with my daily reading, I started reading commentaries and memorizing verses. It has been the sweetest journey in knowing my God in a much deeper way. And it gave me the healing and the confidence to speak the truth in those other settings. It's still not easy for me to do, and I still stumble over my words and feel awkward at times. But I'm so, so thankful by His powerful love for me and all the amazing work He has wrought in me to enable me to speak His truth. He is so, so good. These women that God has put in my life, along with my daughters, daughter-in-law, and my sisters in Christ, all those who have walked this journey with me have so richly blessed my life. We have walked through many trials and victories together, always encouraging each other to dig deeper into our relationships with our God by sharing His truth. What God has done in my life is miraculous. Rich Mullins says it well in his song, Home. What I'd settle for, you've blown so far away. What you brought me to, I thought I could not reach. I came so close to giving up, but you never did give up on me. I will end with this praise from Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen.